Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm Neville O'Donoghue, and this is a podcast for bench warmers. Listen to me now, listen to me. Which phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off. We're going to do it. Tyson Fury. It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The headline has been written. You're a county? Absolutely not. That's a load of rubbish, by Sean, to be quite honest. Uh, He's a disgrace to have a football club. What a belt he's given it. I, 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 I love I love I love me county, you know. We love Jamalas! Oh, On today's show, I'll be talking to former England rugby captain Dylan Hartley. Dylan has recently made the move over to Dubai with the Dubai Sharks Rugby Club. I'll also be talking to Mike Quinn, the president of the Dubai Sharks, and this show is coming live from McGettigan's in JLT in Dubai. Sit back, relax, and give a listen. Enjoy. Dylan Hartley, obviously the former um, England hooker and uh, captain. Uh, um, Dylan, tell us first off, why did the boy Sharks and why are you moving over here? Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> okay, th- this is the first. This is the first. I, I think just to, um, just to follow up on what what Quinny said there is just a. Uh, well, it's great to be here for a start. Um, I came and saw you guys for a shirt presentation back in uh, early early December. And um, here we are, what, four or five months later, uh, moving my family kind of halfway around the world to, to come join you guys on, on your journey. So uh, massive thank you has to go out to, to the Sharks, um, to Quinny especially, and, and to Access Hire, Craig and, and, and Rob Carson over there. So uh, yeah, thank you for coming tonight and, and making, making this so uh, special. I didn't know we we're going to have a bloody studio and a, a banner and three pints. It's, uh, I think Quinny, yeah, Quinny. Yeah, oh, the new DOR. I got to make the calls now. So, uh, there's one thing I did learn really early: is win the people and uh, you win your freedom. So, um, Quinny will pick those up. Uh, no, none of that is true, by the way. So, what was your question? Uh, uh, why, why are you making the move to Dubai and why the Sharks? I think it's one of those things. Um, you know, obviously had a career doing what I did for. About 17 years, 20 years I kind of committed to it, um, didn't happen straight away, but that chapter has to, to finish at some point um, with all our rugby journeys, you know, you know, the knees start creaking whether you're professional or amateur, so that chapter did close to me. Sorry, I'm talking to you, yeah, but right. I'm not looking, I'm looking yeah. over here. Okay, no um, so that naturally closes and I think it's, it's a crying shame or it's quite, um, it's quite daunting when you have that 20 years of experience in your head, I can remember most of it, and not being able to use that, you know, going into Civvy Street, going into a real job or the real world, and leaving that, that rugby sort of, um, I wouldn't call it intellectual property, but experience behind. And I suppose what Access Hire have given me the opportunity to do is to transition to Civvy Street, the real world, go on a new journey and a new path, but also allow me to keep a foot in the game that I love, that we all love, and use my experience and I suppose my, my passion for, for the game to, to better the Sharks. And I think when the stars align with, with the right people, um, here we are. So I think it's just a whole lot of things come together and I, I feel truly grateful that I get to do a bit of, you know, yeah. bit of everything, which, which is great. Okay. 
And then, obviously, I just want to ask you about uh, England this year and the Six Nations and the uh, summer tour coming up. Um, what were your thoughts on it? And uh, I suppose do you still think Eddie Jones is the right man for the job? Yeah, yeah I, I genuinely do. I think he's seven years into a job. Um, you're looking at kind of under a year out from a Rugby World Cup. Why would you? Why would you change your head coach? Why would you? rock that ship you know um, consistency is key with these things and a long-term sort of plan a little bit like the the sharks sort of aspirations is a long-term one um, as well so why would you do that now um, you've got to remember my, my last six nations that I played uh, I don't think it's this one that's on the tally but 2018 and it's only just been brought to my memory um, we came we came fifth in the Six Nations. So we never talk about that one on the CV. We talk about back-to-back -back Six Nations, Grand Slam, all that, but we never mention the third tournament where we came fifth, the worst finish in history. And if you actually think about it, we probably came sixth because we played Georgia in a midweek training session. We also lost that, which is, uh, which is hard work. Um, but and then within, within a year, they go to a World Cup final. So, you know, rugby, rugby is very much, um, you know, things can flip like that. You guys know that, you girls know that. One week, one tournament, you can be good. The next, not so good. So I think there's plenty of time there for England to, to kind of get things back on track and, and whatnot. Just finally on that, do you think, though, Eddie Jones is more prioritising the World Cup rather than the Six Nations? Yeah, I would, though, if I was him. Right. Um, if you've got a long contract, you know, he's, he's obviously, you know, sport's hard because you're judged on week-to-week -week performances. Um, but as soon as... I'll, I'll, I'll be as open and as honest as I can here. As soon as they lost to Scotland in their opening round, you know, England don't go out to come third or second or have the best finish. Yeah. They go out to win it. Yeah. And uh, I think, this is how I think Eddie thinks, if they can't win the tournament, it's a great exercise for him to experiment to try things. Because if we come fifth, fourth, sixth, it doesn't matter because it's all about winning. I know the, the Scots and the Welsh kind of celebrate second or third or if they beat the English, but... We, we've got higher standards than that, and I, I hope to impart some of that on the, on the Sharks, you know. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so where do I go with that? Um, yeah, long term, because ultimately he's been to a few World Cup finals, he's, yeah. won, he's won some, he's lost some, yeah. and um, that's ultimately where he's going to be remembered as a coach and where the team will be remembered. Yeah. Um, you were born in New Zealand, and I suppose, like, what, what brought you to England then? And, uh, say, I wasn't good enough. I just wasn't good enough. No, no, but in the end you ended up, I think you're still England's most capped hooker. Like, um, like what brought you to England really in the end, like, you know? No, uh, it was, it's what kind of like why I've come to Dubai as well is, I think when you, when you mix things up and you, you get out of your comfort zone, um, things can happen. That's where you grow as a person. And certainly I learned that through my career. Um, I felt... I was probably at my, my best when I was 16, 17 years old trying to be a professional rugby player because I was, I was hustling, I was doing everything I could on the other side of the world yeah. to make it happen. Equally coming here, I'm leaving a comfort zone to, to come and do something completely different. So I've got no doubt I'll, I'll put the work in and I'll grow in, in, in these roles. So um, ultimately at 16, I, I wasn't good enough in the age group system in New Zealand. Had an English passport, had aspirations to travel. Um, like everyone in this room because we're all here because none of us are locals doesn't look like it um, so I, I think that's why I ended up there I had aspirations yeah, yeah. travel wasn't quite cutting the mustard and look I've, I've just I work within a school I mentor some kids at the moment back in, in England and I always say to them you know just because one door closes in, on you you've got to find a way you've got to ask questions you, you've got to find your own path you know like, and without like James Law the Irish winger he yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I mean the Irish and the Scots and you know rugby's rugby's an international game now. You know if if you're not good enough somewhere else, you got to find somewhere else that or not good enough somewhere where someone appreciates your talent. You know. Okay, and I just got to ask you as well because obviously I'm a Munster fan and you played for Northampton and uh, hey, you got to go steady. I, I was <laughs> your Munster dinner the other night. Right, but you were you were there that time. I think you were playing that game, weren't you? When Ron O'Gara got that last minute drop goal, and I also want to talk to you about um, Leinster in 2011, that Heineken Cup, like. That must have been another one that probably hurt you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks. Um, I, no, no, but they were big games, like, you know. No, the, the, this is good because, um, you know, winning's good. Um, winning's lovely, but um, I think you, certainly what I learned every time I got banned anyway or got in trouble was, is, yeah, we all know, right, if we get in trouble, um, that's when you, you actually have a good look at yourself and you have a, a good little talk and you learn. Yeah. So when you, when you lose big games as well, equally, um, it's like the England ladies team at the moment, the Red Roses, they're unbeaten for 23 games or whatever. And I, I'm a big supporter of them, okay. but I kind of hope they lose soon because it's just going too well. I think losing is when you look at yourself. So you go back to that Munster game, 42 phases on the yeah. bounce we went, um, and Ron O'Gara slots one from... It's a YouTube classic, like, it is. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm there. You won't want to hear that, like, and right. if you actually look back, you know, all these international games I played here, I get pulled off at about 42 minutes. But back in those days, I played 80 minutes. So I was there in the 90th minute, actually, trying to win that. And then Leinster Heineken Cup. You know, I have no regrets about my playing career because it's all, you know, I'm very philosophical about it. Yeah. But if I could go back and, and win a game, it would be a Heineken Cup final because I never got to do that. Yeah. And we did. Half time, we were bloody 21-0 or 21-7 up. And I thought we'd done it. Yeah. Um, but that man, Johnny Sexton, yeah, had, a, had a great day. But, uh, and then also, I just want to ask you about uh, Stuart Lancaster and Andy Farrell because obviously you'd be very familiar with him. Like obviously, England's losses, Ireland's gain, they seem to be doing pretty well with Ireland. Well, at the time, it was like, what were the Irish doing, taking taking yeah. those guys on? And um, they're good coaches, they're young coaches, and they obviously had um, a World Cup fallout when Australia and Wales kind of um, sent England packing out of their home World Cup pool, um, which, you know, <laughs> on a separate note, I wasn't involved with that because I was banned at home, um, which is <laughs> silver linings and all that. Right, right. But um, no, they, they were young coaches, and again, you know, big losses or big setbacks in your career, they've gone away. I don't think they've reinvented themselves, they've applied themselves because they're good coaches, they're yeah. good people, they work hard, you know. Yeah. So I've got no doubt that, you know, someone like Stuart Lancaster could come back one day to haunt the Irish. You know, he might yeah, come yeah, back yeah. for an English job, which. You know, I'd, I'd endorse. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. The only th difference between kind of like a guru and a Eddie Jones, in my opinion, and a Stuart Lancaster is probably about 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie's older. He's mucked up more. He's learnt more. He's been there, you know. Yeah. So I think uh, you know Andy Farrell and and, and Stu. One day, who knows? Right. And finally, two questions, uh, Dylan. Like, I was just googling you before I had you on, and um, don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, like one of the biggest things that comes up is the discipline. But like, did that, did that come? Was that part of your game? Like, you know, did that make you the player you are? Do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. So I kind of learned to um, to accept this when when I retired. Actually, cause, uh, I had to do a whole lot of media. I did a book, um, Times bestseller. Uh, no, it was Times Sports Book of the Year. I'll get some for the for the. Yeah, it's in the bargain bin now. But um, no, I had to learn to talk about this because everyone that didn't know about you know, rugby yeah. said, you know, what about your disciplinary yeah. career? And I actually averaged it out. You know, I played 16 years professionally. 
had eight major bands and I, I kind of, that's once every two years, if I'm any good at math. Axis High, you're getting a gym, man. Um, I was never good at the scoreboards in a game as well, and I'm the captain. I was always trying to work it out. Um, but I actually worked out, on average, I had, a, I had a hell of a career. I sustained a career, which is the biggest achievement in itself, yeah. through all of those setbacks. By playing the way I did, ultimately, I felt, when I look back, I was successful because I played the way I did. I just got it wrong eight times, you know, yeah, yeah. which ain't too bad. Um, I never did the same thing twice. Yeah. <laughs> and then if we look at those eight things, I'd say, you know, half of them I'm hand on heart not, not guilty of. Some of them I am. And you know, finally then, Lynn, is uh, I suppose, what's the plan now? You're over here with the Sharks and what, you'll just get involved in the coach and help with the club and stuff like that, is it? it it's, a, it's a good question. What am I doing here? What am I doing? Um, Axis High got to let me out a couple of days a week to, to go apply myself. But um, I think I'm not going to be with the seniors. I'm not going to be with the ladies. I'm not going to be with the minis. I think you know, it's a, a time management. I want to apply um, or help or assist wherever I can within the club. Um, there's obviously a whole lot of off the field stuff of what we want to achieve as a, as a club going forward. Um, just using, I suppose, my network within the game to to benefit the club. Um, so yeah, it would be assisting coaches, coaching where I can, yeah. coaching coaches, talking rugby, helping executive board, um, and effectively everyone in the room and and all your teams. I'm I'm here for you guys. So um, yeah, yeah, hopefully approachable. All right. Just, just, just very, very. Very, very finally, before I, if anyone wants to ask a question, walk away. But I do this with all my guests on my podcast. Um, 60 seconds where I just ask you questions you have to think of the spot. So, uh, favourite thing to do when you're day off? At the moment, uh, golf. Favourite film? Pardon me? Favourite film? Filling. Film, film, sorry. Uh, like donut filling. Yeah. Um, film. I don't have time. It's kids' TV. It's okay. Disney at the moment. Uh, go to karaoke song. I was going to say favorite favorite film is um, the one that I can sleep to. You know, you put like something on, just fall asleep. Right. Yeah. Uh, go to karaoke song. Ooh, not a good singer. Mm. I'll come back to you on that one. Uh, hoodie or windbreaker? Well, neither at the moment. Windbreaker though. Right. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Uh, career if you weren't a rugby player. Gardener. Uh, go to breakfast food. Golfer. Go go to breakfast food. Uh, coffee, uh, porridge. Uh, favorite chocolate bar. Milky bar. And finally, what's your biggest fear? Oh, deep water. Thalassophobia. <laughs> bodies of water. I think it's called thalassophobia. It's like big bodies of water. You know, like dark water. Yeah. 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 No matter. Thanks a million, Dylan. Okay. Been a pleasure. Are we um, going to have a talk? Yeah, I'm joined by Mike Quinn now. A good Sligo man, but also uh, president of the Dubai Sharks. Mike, uh, tell me all what I need to know about the Dubai, Dubai Sharks. Um, well, Dubai Sharks were formed in 2007, uh, originally called the Arabian Potbellies. Um, the name wasn't conducive to good recruitment of young men, so we changed the name in 2011 to the Dubai Sharks, and which now we're, we're ending our 10-year anniversary being called the Dubai Sharks, which uh, has been a, an up-and-down journey ever since. And are you like the main rugby club in Dubai? Because I know there's a few of them, but I suppose you'd argue you are like, you know, and, and I suppose what's the future plans for the Dubai Sharks? Um, I suppose over the years we've been called the biggest small club in, in Dubai. There is a few others that have been here quite a lot longer than we have. 
Um, our plans, well, we've, we've always, since inception, always wanted to have a mini and junior section, which came to fruition uh, at the beginning of the season. We've now got 350 kids. Uh, we've got, what, 87 registered senior players, both men and women. So the club is, is we're now actually the third biggest club in the whole of the UAE. And obviously we're here in McGettigan's tonight. It's a big kind of launch night and you're after bringing former England hooker and captain Dylan Hartley over. So what's the thinking behind that and what's his role going to be with the, the Dubai Sharks? Um, well, I suppose it comes down to opportunities. Where Dylan was here last December and managing the Bali Legends, which is um, our international sevens team that comes over playing every year. Um, we had a number of conversations, found out that Dylan was uh, keen to move here and we had consequent conversations with him in January. Um, had a couple of rounds of golf, had a couple of pints of beer. Um, we've uh, sort of mess introduced him to our main sponsor, Access Hire, and Access Hire have actually offered him a job. And as part of that, he's, he's coming over and he's going to be our director of rugby. That sounds very exciting. And finally, Mike, because obviously there'll be a lot of lads listening to this from Ireland and the UK and wherever. Like, how, how long are you living in Dubai now as a matter of interest? And what brought you over here and, and what made you get involved with the Dubai Sharks? Um, I'm here, what, 14, 15 years now. Um, when, I, when I come here, it was, it was to find a, a group of guys you could sort of have a game of touch, game of rugby, and, and have a couple of beers, and that's where I found the Arabian Potbellies. And as, as time moved on, the club got bigger, and you know, <laughs> surprisingly, I found myself as chairman back in 2013, um, and, and, and now consequently president. But um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a great environment to be involved with here in Dubai. I know it gets very hot during the summer, but it's, uh, it's just a great social place to be during the winter in particular. Um, and, and then, of course, we've got the Dubai Sevens, which is probably the second or third biggest uh, Sevens tournament in the world. So, good place to come to and watch rugby. Definitely. And finally, Mike, do you still follow the Sligo footballers? Uh, we do, yeah, we do follow them. Just... Uh, it gets a bit difficult at times when you're so far away, you can't help shout them on, on at the side of Markovic Park, which, uh, you know, we don't always have the best results, do we? No bother. Cheers for that, Mike. Thanks very much. Good to see you, Neville. And thanks for listening. And thanks again to former England rugby captain and hooker, Dylan Hartley. And thanks to Dubai Sharks president, uh, Mike Quinn, for setting up the interview. That was done live in McGettigan's and I'll be there for the summer so if you have any opinions on any sport make sure to come up and find me and I'll put you up on any of my pages. Also there's a load of rugby on this summer with the internationals and uh, obviously at the end of the domestic competitions and the end of the Champions Cup. So it'll all be live in McGettigan's in any of the pubs so make sure to call on in and if you find me come up and make sure to say hello and I'll put you up and give your opinion on any of the matches. Um, so yeah, remember you can get this podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcast. I'll be back again next time with someone else in the world of sport. Thanks for listening and I'm out of here.